Welcome back to your favorite podcast, Only Trying to Help, the podcast where we try to help you help other people. I'm Kate Watson, and I'm here with Leslie for the start of season three. Are you ready for season three? Let's get ready to rumble! rumble. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I couldn't have asked for a better intro. Thank you so much. Look, we took a little break for the holidays and it's a new year, new opportunity to think about ways to improve relationships we have with people, with ourselves. And so um, I think a lot of people are about growth and change right now. By the time this airs, it, it'll be probably February, but you know, this is January for us now recording it. And it's that time of year where people are thinking about doing things differently. It feels like there's a lot of opportunity out there and the world is our oyster. It, it, I agree that it feels that way now. I'm also thinking by the time this airs, it will be that time of year where people are starting to really struggle with some of those changes. They're going to be a month or so in and feeling like, oh, I've kind of fallen off the wagon. And so with that in mind, I thought we might take a look at the concept of grit, um, which is a really big topic right now. There are a lot of researchers and writers and speakers who are interested in what makes people keep going in the face of adversity. What keeps us pushing hard through tough times? Leslie, what do you think is one of those key components of grit? So, you know, I think the grit concept is interesting. I think the the major thing that we're actually talking about is the our pasts. You know, I, I feel like for most of us, we forget that we have been through so many crucibles before, or we've been through crucibles that don't stand, like they, they don't compare to other people. So I, I kind of remember when I was... Uh, when I was in high school and I was writing um, college application essays and that, you know, some of them, you know, they wanted you to sort of like drudge up all the, <laughs> uh, you know, the not so great things and talk about, you know, your growth through them and all those things, which is, you know, another way of saying the grit that you yeah. w developed as a, as a result of that. And I recall thinking, you know, my life is pretty okay. I remember being like, I don't have anything to write with. So, you know, but I think that we, even even when you know some of us have gone through some some trauma with a capital T, but all of us have gone through things that it didn't feel good and or were outside of our comfort zones, and we've all sort of developed something. We've all grown in a certain way, and I think that is grit is that that growth from an experience in some way. Hopefully, it's positive growth, and hopefully, it's something that um, allows you to maybe have a thicker skin is another way of, of saying mm -hmm. that. Yeah, that, that concept of thick skin is, is a, a turn of phrase that comes up a lot. And I think what you're talking about, Leslie, when you say like, you, know, you have to take a look at your life and say, I'm okay, it seems you're describing perspective. Um, and I think that's something that's gonna come up a lot. I, I have a little bit of research here from a woman named Lucy Hone, and she did a really popular TED Talk on this subject. Uh, I might even post her TED Talk on our website um, in case the listeners would like to hear directly from her. It's not my goal to speak for her, but I'd like to kind of sum up some of the things she spoke about. She came up with three key components to what makes people resilient. And the first one sounds a little bit like what you're talking about. She said that the first component uh, is that 
we've learned that mentally tough people tend to accept that bad things happen. They basically know shit happens. And they know it's not just them. Other people have been through tough things. Other people may have been through even tougher things. And I think you're describing that perspective. So Lucy Hone says, when bad things happen to people who understand that shit happens, they don't sit around and feel like singled out or discriminated against. I mean, unless, of course, you have been discriminated against. That's a different, that's a different thing. But she said it seems to be really important to know that this happens to everybody and this isn't like this horrible misfortune that only you are going through in fact when you realize that everybody goes through really difficult things you can almost expect it and not feel so thrown by it Uh, and that these people seem to know that pain and struggle are a part of life you know i think that that's such a great perspective that most of us shirk from. We don't want to see those difficult times, and we kind of shirk away from maybe taking steps out of our comfort mm-hmm. zones to, to do that. Um, we play it safe. Yeah, we play it safe, and, and we kind of forget that sometimes without risk, there is no reward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's really well said. There's a protective measure there, and you know the researcher who I'm I'm citing, you know she was really careful to say, look, we're not suggesting that when when we say everybody goes through tough times, that everybody's tough times are equally painful. That that that's not true either. I mean, look, we're not in a pain contest for who's got the worst pain, and who would want to win that contest? And so. I, I don't think that everyone's life is equally painful. Of course, there are people who, through no fault of their own, face unique challenges, but it can be really healthy to acknowledge that we all face some challenges. Um, and the point that I think she and, and I am trying to make is that instead of feeling surprised by adversity and saying, why me? Why is this happening to me? Resilient people use the time when things are going well to actually ask, why not me? This could happen to me at any point. Uh, and they accept that bad things can happen and they're not thrown off by it. And so to them, it's sort of like, well, yeah, shit happens. And here it's my turn. So there's like an interesting uh, conversation happening about parenting right now. Um, as, you know, my little guy is approaching two and we have to do things like, um, you know, get real about discipline and things like that. Um, I'm reading a lot of things. And you hear about... Um, you know, there used to be this term called helicopter parenting, but now it's lawnmower parenting. What? I did um, not know that it had changed. Right. So I guess the idea of helicopter is you're, you're floating above, you're supervising, and you swoop down to, you know, help out. The lawnmower parent is someone who paves the way, who makes sure there's no obstacles, there's nothing that could hold their child back. And isn't that a beautiful thing? Like, oh, you know, oh, yeah, of course I want, you know, I want my baby to never have to deal with anything that I, I, you know, just like I I, um, put tip protectors on our furniture and make sure there's no sharp corners, I'm not, you know, I don't want him to to have to maybe experience some of the things that I did. Um, But, of course, the reason that we're talking about the lawnmower parenting is because that's real bad. (laughs) You Because you can't, you're not going to be there forever, and by plowing the path for your child and never letting your child encounter an obstacle and learn how to get over that by themselves, you're, you know, you're not letting them 
get any grit. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I, I try to stay out of some of the parenting conversations as someone without children because I generally think no one wants to hear from me on these <laughs> subjects. But um, I, I, I say I stay out of it, but. So maybe we're not exactly the authorities on parenting. You are more than I am. Um, but I, I sometimes, listen, I observe parenting a lot. I, everywhere I go, on the subway, in a park, and, you know, every, all over the place. And I sometimes observe what looks like lawnmower parenting. Like, let's help this child avoid anything difficult. And I, you know, I would never dare say this out loud because people don't need my shaming comments <laughs> in public. But I'm often wondering, when does this child learn resilience? When does the child learn at some point to face a challenge and suck it up and get through it? Um, so I appreciate your example. I'll probably leave my comments right there because, again, nobody wants to hear from me on that. Um, what I think I might do, though, is move to the second key component um, that seems to be associated with grit and resilience. And it is people who are highly resilient in tough times seem to be able to select where they put their attention. So just as an example, um, people who are really resilient can choose to focus on things that they can control rather than things they can't control. People who are highly resilient can focus on how to be grateful for what they have rather than something they lost. Um, what do you think about that, that idea that you can select where you put your attention or focus? I mean, I think ideally it sounds perfect. Uh, you know, why would I, you know, rail against the machine when I can't change that? I can only, you know, figure out what I'm having for breakfast. Um, so I think that that's really amazing. I don't know how like how easy that is. <laughs> of course, that's the point is that people with high resilience are able to maybe determine like say hang on a second. Like I can't I can't change this, but what I can impact is something else or what I can make sure is I I I make sure that I'm taking care of myself in this moment um, rather than um, try try to change um, the powers that be maybe. Am I getting that right? Yes, uh, and you can say no, no li listeners can't see when you're speaking and I'm nodding along, but I was over here nodding emphatically that um, I think it's a nice thought that we could selectively put our attention to one thing over the other. And uh, the researcher here, again, uh, Lucy Hone says this is, she describes it as highly learnable. And in the, the work that I reviewed, I, I didn't quite catch how she showed us how to learn it. Uh, she called it learnable, and all I could think to myself was, okay, I believe that, that a person can learn this, but I don't know how to teach it. I don't know how to teach people, and, and if you've considered the theme of our podcast every week is trying to help other people, how do I help other people selectively put their attention on one thing or another? And I don't really know the answer to that. I have some ideas about how to not go about that, and it reminds me of the episode we recorded in season two um, about bright-siding people, right? So it's probably not that helpful just to say to someone, you know, you really ought to look on the bright side. And we had a whole episode about that. And essentially the message there is selectively putting your attention on one thing over the other, but I don't think you can just direct people to do that. Um, 
I even came up with a little example to try to illustrate this. It's purely made up, and I just gave these people names. But let's say um, Joe lost his job, and he's really bummed about it, and he's kind of moping around the house, and his wife Jenny says, Hey, look on the bright side. You didn't like that job anyway, and at least you still have a roof over your head and a family who loves you. Why not be grateful for that? And if Joe is like most people, he's going to be really annoyed at her insistence that he be more positive and more grateful. Um, But if, however, without Jenny's help, Joe finds a way to see the positive things in in his life, it seems to be more helpful for him. So I guess I'm trying to say that gratitude and a positive attitude isn't something you can push on people. It must come from within. What do you think about that? Kind of reminds me of something that... one of my old supervisors used to say, she would often repeat, no worry, no stress. Well, here's the thing, worrying accomplishes zero, nothing. In fact, it's, it, it has detrimental effects, we know. So I think that what she was saying is, change what you can change, get an idea of the things that you can impact. If it's beyond your control, it's beyond your control. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, like I said, no worry, no stress. It just sounds so superficial, but I, after a while of hearing her say it, I was like, you're right. Why am I worrying about this? Um, and ultimately, kind of, it's not a good thing for me. Instead, mm-hmm. I'm going to think about, you know, can I, can I do something to, you know, react to this? Can I, what can I do? Maybe, maybe that's that moment of, of thinking, what am I grateful for? What's going well? Um, and then, you know, it kind of relying on the fact that you have been through shit before, mm-hmm. you have gotten through it, you have learned, you have developed your grit, <laughs> and you have, you have grown, and you can handle what's coming down the pike. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. And you know, another thought as we're considering how to help other people. So your supervisor helped you by saying no worries, no stress. Uh, Another option for how to help other people who might maybe need a little boost of resilience is to ask them something like, um, what can you control in this situation? Rather than telling them, hey, you know, you can't control this anyway, so you might as well just get over it but ask the person what in this situation is within your control and let the person you're trying to help answer you. Or even something like what here that you are faced with is something that you can just accept. What can you accept here versus what can you change? Um, And those are really your only two options. Find the things to accept and find the things to change. Um, Because what they're if you have things remaining, right, things that you can't change and you can't accept, this is where people start to break down. Um, So I think that that can be helpful. And Leslie, you said worrying doesn't help you. It is hurting you. And that's such a nice bridge to the third component. So the researcher here listed as the third key component to resilience is that mentally strong people even in tough times, are able to evaluate, is what I'm doing helping me or harming me? And that sounds like what you were doing with with worry. Is this helping me or harming me? And you decided, you know what, this is harming me. Um, Should I look at my ex's Facebook page? Will that help me (laughs) or will that harm me? 
Um, should I attend Thanksgiving dinner this year? Will that help me or will that harm me? Um, should I face my abuser? Will that help me or will that harm me? And it seems that people who are able to um, stay strong in the face of adversity and tough times are able to do this evaluation all throughout their day, all throughout their life. They constantly make decisions. Will having this um, other drink of alcohol help me or harm me? Um, will getting behind the wheel of the car right now and leaving this situation help me or harm me? Uh, well, talking about this, um, this, this thing that I'm going through, will we'll opening up about it and telling people about it, will that help me or harm me? And I can't know the answer to that question for people, but if I'm trying to help someone, I might pose the question to them. Um, if I'm trying to help a friend through a tough time, and I see that they're engaging in some behavior, I might just ask them, do you think this one's helping you or harming you? Um, do you think that going to talk to the person you're mad at will help you or harm you? Do you think taking um, a break from this whole situation will help you or harm you? Any thoughts about that? So, you know, Kate, one of the things that you are so great at is asking the right question. And if there's one thing that I wish that I could take from all of our interactions, it's which questions are the right questions to ask and 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 to do that because i think so so often when our loved ones and our you know are, are saying that they're experiencing pain we we want to help and we want to remediate that in some way shape or form and i think we've talked about this in previous episodes there's that inclination of let me let me problem solve here yeah. um a lot of times people have the ability to get through things and being able to ask those questions is so important, um, especially like, you know, we are trying to help somebody and we're trying to help them through a tough time. And but we also, you know, we know that they have in, inside of them the capacity to get through this and the, you know, wisdom or intelligence or, um, you know, I don't know, tenacity or grit <laughs> to um to to get through this by asking those questions um i think that allows them to find it within themselves and you are giving them the confidence to 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 do that by showing them your confidence in them yeah i um i it, it's always so tempting just to say to somebody you're strong and you can do anything or or even like a twist on that is be strong, you know, be, be tough. And you can't tell someone how to think about themselves or how to feel. We've said that every single episode, I think. Um, you know, and I think that some of the things that we hear a lot as our culture is, well, you're a strong, independent woman or man up. You got the balls to get through this or other such, you know, toxic masculinity type yeah. things. And balls are not all that strong, so... In fact, I, I, would, I would go ahead and say that they're pretty actually weak. I mean, I don't know, you know... The last thing I want is to be as strong as balls, but okay. Um, I lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> um, oh, I know where we were. We were saying it's so tempting to tell people you just got to be strong and you just got to face it and you're going to be okay. And you can say all that stuff. And I was going to say to your blue in the face, but <laughs> so I'm dying over here. Um, you can say all that stuff all day long. 
Um, and it, it may not mean a thing to someone. In fact, we've probably all been there where you've told someone, be strong, you can do it. And they just like look like they want to vomit or roll their eyes at you. And so to me, rather than telling someone they're strong, I show them that I think they're strong by just trusting them to have the answers and just asking them what the answers are. So things like, so what can you control here? And what can you accept? And um, will this help you or harm you? These are questions that send the message, you've really got this, I'm just you know, helping you see that I see it. Um, and you know, Leslie, you and I were saying earlier, this is a bit of a controversial topic. I even hesitated to, to record this episode because there's a lot of criticism on the topic of grit and resilience and, and a lot of people who I've, I really respect say, you know, our world puts too much of an emphasis on building strong people to face a shitty world rather than changing the shitty world to be better. Um, and I actually wholeheartedly agree that there's too much of an emphasis on how tough we all need to be. So to the people who are critics of this idea, I say fair enough, and in many ways I'm with you. It's actually really hard for me to argue against that. Um, and for a little while, <laughs> for a little while I couldn't even hear the word grit without rolling my eyes a little bit. Um, I, I think that I'm coming around and, um, and I, I'm no longer hearing the word grit or resilience as this subtle attack on snowflake millennials who just need to toughen up. Um, I, I'm starting to come around to the idea that grit and resilience are important to have while we are facing a lot of changes we want to make in the world to make the world a better and f more fair place. And then if you're going to do the hard work of making the world a better, more fair place, well, you, maybe more than anyone, need to be pretty resilient to be able to do that. So just to be clear, I, I do think that our primary focus should be trying to create a world where people don't have to face so much adversity rather than just blaming people for not being tough enough. You know, I just think that it's, it's so harsh and unfair to focus on that. But I think that in order for us to get there, people are going to need some tools to, um, to withstand the storm that we are still in. Um, and yeah, I think at the end of the day, this one goes out to our good old Philadelphia Flyers mascot. And if people are listening who have no idea who that is, Philadelphia has a scary creature mascot <laughs> named Gritty. And uh, please treat yourself to a Google search and um, just type in Philadelphia Gritty and enjoy the nightmares that may ensue. <laughs> I mean, he is lovable, but also very weird looking. Gritty 2020. I would vote for gr Gritty for some office. I'm not sure which one, but um, can't get much worse in our world at this point. Um, speaking of resilience, we've survived quite a bit the last few years. Uh, all right. Well, folks, thank you again for joining us. I do hope that was helpful. Again, you know, our topic every week is meant to be not just helping ourselves, but thinking about how to say things or do things that may be helpful to others. So I encourage you to think about this the next time you want to say to somebody, come on, toughen up, be strong. And it might be related to a New Year's resolution. It might be related to losing a job, um, facing an illness or some pretty serious trauma that it can be tempting to tell people to just have thick skin and put one foot in front of the other. Um, but hopefully some of these 
tools that we walked through today might give you some more things to think about. I couldn't be more excited to be in season three now. Um, this podcast has become something really important to me. Uh, I, I, I found it to be a place where I can work some things out that even I may be struggling with. And so uh, I, I can't thank the listeners enough for just hanging with me as I maybe you know contradict myself a million times. Uh, I'm so glad you're willing to join us for that. And to Leslie, my biggest thanks to you. Cheers to season three. Yeah, let's do it.